Welcome to the Spark Youth Podcast. Spark is the youth ministry of the Enfield and Strathfield Anglican Church. Our mission is to gather to hear God's word, to grow in Christ's likeness, and to go in prayerful proclamation. To find out more about us, you can go to our website at fields.org.au forward slash spark, or you can find us on our Instagram page at instagram.com forward slash youth underscore of underscore spark. Um, when I grew up, like, I grew up in the country, right? None of these issues existed. Um, I never had debates, had to have debates or work out my stance on political issues. But these days, I feel like if you're young, the younger you, it's younger and younger, you have to have a political stance on things. Whether it's climate change, LGBT community, like, you have to make a stand, and based on your stand, the other people at your school will think about you differently. They might actually think that you're a pretty horrible person because you said you agree or you don't agree with something. Right? Now, I kind of wish we didn't have, have to talk about politics and stuff at your age, but unfortunately, we do. Even at, even at Concord High, there's politics happening where the lunchtime group that we've been at running for two years in a room, we've recently, people have tried to kick us out of that because we're, I think because we're the Christian group, and there's another, there's a, another group running lunchtime groups there now. And, um, and there's just a bit of, uh, yeah, politics going on. Now, you can't avoid politics, but I think we need to define politics. You can define politics many different ways. Here's how I'm pro- defining it for the purpose of this talk, okay? And you've got the sheet in front of you, you can write this down. I think it's just promoting a cause, right? Politics is just promoting a cause. You, do, you can do it by yourself, you can do it with a group of people. Often, it's with a group of people. Christians are always involved because Christians are always seeking to promote the cause, that is, the goodness of God and His Word to everyone. We're always promoting the goodness of God's Word. So we're always involved in politics. Yeah. Our views used to be accepted as reasonable not that long ago. When I was growing up, it was very reasonable to be a Christian. That's no longer the case. Culture has changed. To be a Christian is now, have you ever term not politically correct? Right? To, to quote, you know, some of the stuff that I had on the screen before, from 1 Corinthians 6, that is not politically correct anymore. In fact, you're actually pretty hateful if you believe some of the things the Bible says. Christians have now become the bullies or the evil people in society. So politics has become very difficult because promoting God's word is now very difficult. Ironically, those who claim to be tolerant are promoting an intolerance against you as a Christian, if you are a Christian. We are fast moving from a society where people of all faiths can express their views without fear of being called names to a society that leaves no room for those who disagree with what's the common popular opinion. And places like Russia and North Korea are illustrations of how bad it can get to be in a society when you can no longer freely express your beliefs. So how should Christians think about politics? I've just got a whole bunch of points. And they're just ideas to throw out. And hopefully some of these points are helpful for you as you think about politics. One, 
Well, the thing, the first thing I think is, some argue that Christians shouldn't bring their beliefs into the public discussion. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and say, keep your religion out of it? I've been at, um, I've been even at the dinner table with my mother and um, my stepmom, who's told me um, to keep my beliefs out of conversation at lunchtime. But the thing is, here's how you respond to that. Everyone has a belief system that informs every decision they make. So it's quite contradictory to say non-Christians can bring their beliefs into a conversation, into the public, but Christians can't. Okay, so I'm saying it's, it's ironic, it's contradictory. So, because everyone has a belief system that informs the decisions they make. Okay, two, Christians have a responsibility to promote the common good. Okay, so when you think about politics, what is politics? Politics is just saying, I want to promote what I think is good. For society and therefore and it's always informed by what we believe so when God says no to something he's always protecting something that's good When God says no to something he's always protecting something that's good and Christians believe for example it's not good to steal therefore we seek to do politics to promote laws against stealing to protect people's privacy and their property so laws exist to preserve and enhance the public good and therefore, as Christians, you are, will engage in politics to say, I want to stand up for what I believe is good for everyone. That's what politics is. Four, where to show grace instead of outrage towards those that just, who disagree with you. Chat with people around you. Have you ever been in a conversation, maybe it's on, on social media, where people just got really outrageous and angry and abusive? Well, here's, here's the point. We want to show grace towards people instead of outrage if we disagree with them. Now, if you're like me, you can get passionate about issues you care about. And you want others to understand you and agree with you because you've done your homework and you know it's true. Particularly if it's a Christian thing, right? And you get really fired up and you want to win the argument because all of civilization is at stake of you winning this argument, right? But sometimes I think what can happen is our pride gets into the driver's seat and it's we don't want to look silly in front of other people and we don't want to look like a fool and we might also really think they're really wrong and maybe our view is really right, maybe it's about God but if we're going to be following Jesus it means we're to be gentle and gracious towards people we disagree with even if they insult you so 1 Peter 2 goes on to say for this you've been called because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, that means he was persecuted. He did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued to entrust himself to him who judges justly. So we're not to retaliate, but show gentleness. So part of that is don't assume the worst in people you disagree with, especially when it comes to their intentions. So really work hard to understand in these disagreements, where the other person is coming from. And it's easy to assume that we disagree with them because we've, act when we've actually got the wrong idea or because we think their view is lesser than ours. Um, but we need to, maybe that we have something we can learn from them and it will help us to better love them. Or maybe there's something that we, we could be wrong, right? And so um, don't draw confusion, uh, conclusions too early, be gentle. I think another thing about the conversations we have, the political landscape is we need to redefine the words being used. So 
A lot of the time, you know, it's climate change or gender issues. Words get used that make you put you in a box or say, oh, so you believe in this. Or maybe it's abortion or something like that. You don't believe in, a, in, in caring for women or something like that, you know? And all of a sudden, you're in, you're in a box and anything you say is like, kind of, everyone thinks you're just this silly person now. So, I think, you know, words like identity, love and homophobia, equality, they all need to be kind of be redefined. We, we redefine love in terms of a sacrificial commitment to, to somebody else, right? Um, but it's not, but there are different types of love, you know? And uh, I don't want to get into that, the details of that, but it's not, romantic love is not appropriate in every context. You say love is love, not, well, romantic love isn't okay in every context, and I, I don't need, think I need to spell that out, so you get what I'm saying. Um, well, the word homophobia means to be a phobia means fear. So homophobia means to be afraid of a homosexual. Now I'm pretty sure there's very few Christians that are actually afraid of homosexuals. So you gotta what did that word actually mean? Oh I'm not. I just disagree, I might just disagree with choosing that as a lifestyle as a Christian, right? But I still love people who are same sex attractive or whatever. Um, so the word equality. Without the um, Without saying being made in God's image, there's no such thing as being equal. Equal in what sense? Right? Um, so we say, no, we believe we're all equal because we're made in God's image. But to be equal doesn't mean you can't be different from someone. So anyway, what I'm saying is just make sure you redefine the terms so that you're expressing what you believe and you're not just saying what they want you to. They're not they're having a wrong idea about what, what you're, the conversation's about. Next thing is try and move the conversation to spiritual things. So, the goal isn't to kind of win an argument. The goal is to try and bring them to God or Jesus. So what's the underlying values or issues in this conversation? And try and take it upstream. Ask, how did you come to that conclusion? What, um, you know, how, did, how is that understood based on your beliefs? Are you atheist? Are you agnostic? Do you believe in God? Next thing is, emphasize the fact that you love and respect others, but that doesn't mean you have to agree with them. Okay? Jesus spent time with tax collectors, prostitutes, and he was hated by a lot of people, right? And therefore, in a similar way, we should love people who are same-sex attractive, or people who um, love climate change, or who, who might believe in abortion, or whatever it is. We should love those people and spend time with them, in your school, you shouldn't just be sitting in a group with the people that think the same way as you. And never have conversations with the people who are sitting on the other side of the, play, of the playground that actually, you know they have different beliefs. You should, as a Christian, you should be sitting in different groups, if you can. Or at least not all the time, but be friendly with those groups so you have opportunity to love them. Show that as a Christian you love all types of people. And then that will lead to, how come you are... Pip was the person, one of the people at school, my wife, and she hung out in a lot of different groups, right? And I think that eventually raises the question when other people don't do that, how come the Christian is the one that's happy to love and hang out with everyone? Um, so, just as a Christian, you, you're demonstrating by the fact that you're hanging out with different people that you don't need to agree with everyone to love them. And we need to keep emphasising that because people don't understand that. Um, and part of that is articulating what love is in the Christian sense. If someone doesn't repent of their sin, and therefore they're going to hell, 
The unloving thing is to say it's okay to keep living that way. I'll repeat it again. If someone is living in, a, in rebellion to God and they're going to hell, the, the loving thing isn't to say it's okay. The loving thing is to say it's not okay to, to live that way because it'll place you under God's judgment and I care for you enough to tell you I disagree with you. Right? Um, and here's a, here's a tricky one, the eighth one. Give the other person the last word. Have you been in a heated discussion? And there's the temptation to keep saying the last word, right? Yeah, but yeah, but I'm right. Right? Sometimes for the sake of winning the person, you need to be willing to lose the argument. So give them the last word, be gracious and gentle, and maybe because of your gentleness in being willing to not be the heated dude or girl in that conversation, later on they come out, thanks, thanks for that conversation. It was a hard conversation. I, I appreciate what you said. And I noticed you were trying to be respectful of me. So, how you act might actually say a lot more than the words that you use in a heated conversation. And in fact, the, a heated conversation, that might be the thing that they remember for the rest of high school about you. That you're a really intolerant, argumentative person. And I don't ever want to have a conversation with you again. This, this, I don't know what happened. The other day at uni, I talked to these two Roman Catholic, or these two Catholic guys, right? And I invited them to come over and sit with us at, at lunch. And one of them came over, the other one didn't, and I said, why doesn't the other guy want to come over? He said, oh, he doesn't want to get into an argument. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, where did you get that from? But maybe in year seven, he talked to a, a Christian, a Protestant Christian, who argued with him. And from then on, he's just remembered Christians are the ones who argue. So don't, don't give them that impression, right? Finally, um, well, well, not finally, but... Moving into the government side of things, we're actually called to obey the government. Now, I've got, a, I've got this um, uh, diagram somewhere down here, this bottom one here. Oh, Now, should we obey the government? Yes. Why? Romans 13 says, God gave us the government, and it's gone. Um, so, imagine, yeah. Where do we obey the government? Jesus says, right, um, they say, oh, should we, should we give tax to Caesar or not? And Jesus says, give to Caesar what is Caesar, obey the government. Give to God what is God's, which is give yourself to God, but give to Caesar his tax. In other words, obey the government, but ultimately give yourself to God. The thing, the catch is, at the moment the government starts telling you to disobey God, that's the point at which you no longer need to obey the government, right? And that might mean you need to accept the punishment of the government, which might mean put in jail for your beliefs. Like in places like, for example, North Korea, it's illegal to share Jesus with people. And there's someone in my Bible study, she disobeyed the government and shared Jesus, her sister. So she disobeyed the government to obey God, and, they, and the government tortured her for 40, 40 nights, okay? She, she took on the punishment, because she knew obeying God is more important than obeying a government that tells her not to obey God. Right? So, so that's what happens in those tricky kind of situations. And, and so the final thing I want to say about politics is invest in people more than politics. Now, generally speaking, society thinks Christians are evil. Okay? We're bigoted, we're misogynistic, we're sexist, we're homophobic, we're evil people. Christians are evil people. And that's going to keep going around over and over in the media. So it means sharing our faith at a personal level is even more important. 
Politics is never our goal because our goal is saving souls. And it's ultimately a one-to-one -one ministry. So we tell our friends and we tell our classmates about Jesus and we love them through the ups and downs. And, and so it's because it's in those personal interactions they actually get to see what a Christian is about. They actually get to see your love. Jesus says, by this all men will know you're my disciples by how you love one another. So as you seek to love people individually, that's your best chance of helping someone to, to know Jesus and to save their soul. And so focus more on your personal relationships than on getting caught up in those heated discussions. But still, we want to seek to honour God in those discussions, even if it means losing some friends. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, I'm, I just want to acknowledge it's a really difficult situation for all of these youth growing up in schools where um, being a Christian is no longer popular at all. In fact, it makes you a very intolerant person from the, the school's perspective. And so I just pray you really um, encourage all of these youth that they would be bold to, to speak up when, meant, when they should speak up and be silent when they ought to be silent. Um, but ultimately that they would um, seek to honour Jesus, whether it's in conversation um, or whether it's promoting God's word or whether it's in individual conversations. And I pray through their love and their gentleness and respect for their friends and classmates that many would be one to hear the good news of Jesus and to trust in him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank mm -hmm. you.